Susie and I are here with uh, Black and Red United's Jason Anderson. Jason, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing very well. Uh, glad to be on. Susie, how are you doing? I'm doing well also. And before we hit record, Jason was telling us a little bit. Um, folks who don't know either one of us too well may know that we like to mix weird drinks. I mean, Jason, you were telling me a little bit about the drink you have in your hand. Can you explain it? Uh, yeah, I have a so I, ha I have a customary Paloma, which is grapefruit soda, lime, and tequila. Um, but I have been trying to sort of branch out and add some stuff to mine. So um, I added a little less tequila than I normally would and then replaced it with a splash of mezcal uh, to get some smokiness in there. And then I, I took some tequila, this was a while ago, and put it in a jar with some Fresno chilies um, because I wanted a spicy tequila. Uh, but I, I feel like jalapenos are a little overplayed, so I went with Fresnos instead. Um, and I, so I added like a spoonful of that uh, at the end here. And, and I kind of wish I'd added like a second spoonful, not for the alcohol, but for the spiciness. Um, but yeah, if you, if you just take like a jar, you can make that by leaving like chop up three chilies and just toss them in the jar with your, your tequila for like a week and then strain out all the solids and then you have spicy tequila. That's a good tip. Yeah. You have pretty good, actually very good soccer opinions as well, but if folks need extra, they should really follow Jason also for any drink ideas. Uh, I've had some extremely bad drink ideas um, <laughs> as well. Uh, college was a time of adventure and mistakes. Good time to experiment. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Washington Spirit did not play uh, this past weekend um, coming off the FIFA break. So Jason, were, um, were you watching uh, all the other games in the league? Like what was your takeaway from uh, Rain FC's victory over Orlando Pride? Um, it was definitely not, uh, from a spirit perspective, it was not good news um, <laughs> watching the way that game played out. Um, I guess in a way it was convenient because the game was effectively over before the rain delay, um, at which point it was like, well, this is settled. There's not really, um, you know, sitting around hoping that maybe Orlando might uh, put together some sort of comeback and, and somehow take the points away. At 2 nothing felt already completely off the table because it just looked like two different two teams from like totally different levels in that, that first portion of the game. Mm -hmm. um, Rain FC looked not, not just more prepared, but also really motivated, um, high energy. And, and as always with Flatco, um, the plan was good. Um, they knew what they were trying to do. Uh, everyone seemed clear on what was going on and what they should be doing. And um, Orlando seemed completely lost uh, from kickoff and, um, yeah, it, it was a weird one, though, because I, I stayed up. I watched the whole thing, even with the delay and, and the time difference. Um, so I stayed up for the whole thing. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like it, it's the kind of situation where, after all that um, Rain FC have been through this year with the injuries, that they, them rounding into form like that against, you know, at this time of year, if you see a, a team that's supposed to be pushing for a playoff spot play a team that is struggling. Yeah. Um, this is kind of the template for if you're rooting for the team that's that's making that playoff push, this is what you want to see out of them is them jumping all over a team that has been struggling. And um, that's exactly what happened. It was it was not great um, 
not great news for the spirit on multiple fronts, but, uh, you know, they, they know they have to step up and, uh, it's going to be a big challenge for sure. Before we, uh, preview this weekend's match between rain FC at Washington spirit, Susie was, uh, is there anything you'd like to talk about regarding, uh, this past uh, Saturday evening's, uh, victory against Orlando pride? Well, I'm curious, Jason, if you felt a little bit of a finally that it seemed like the rain had a weather delay. <laughs> uh, a little bit. Um, I, I know that this was the this was a first. Uh, whereas, I think I saw someone mention that um, it was the first in seven years, and I was like, "Well, we're used to, out here. We're used to seven delays in one year." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like the exact opposite ratio. Um, so yeah, that was. Um, I mean, I felt I felt um, for for you guys trying to cover a game because I've been there so many times at this point, um, uh, trying to deal with the fact that you don't exactly know when it's going to end. It's hard to figure out when you're going to go home, um, what kind of game you're going to see after the delay is over, and and there's that weird situation covering a game where you're kind of dialed in, and then it, it's not nearly as big of a deal for. For, or for us as it is for players and coaches, but you kind of get focused on just this one thing. And then all of a sudden you've got to like fill two hours that you did not think you were going to have to fill with something else. Um, and then the game comes back and you have to get back into it. Um, you know, at the soccer plex, we've, there was a game a couple of years ago where there was a five hour delay. And those of us there to cover the game, all just, we, we all left the entire property of the soccer plex, went to the, um, Panera in Germantown. If you are, if you ever come out to uh, watch the Spirit at the Plex, um, the Panera in Germantown is kind of a, a go-to um, option amongst the many chain restaurants in that area. Um, and we were actually there with the referees. Um, so it was the, the line for people getting food at Panera was the game's referees and then a bunch of people with media credentials and the referees <laughs> looked at us and um, I guess they kind of had to come to the conclusion that we weren't like just trailing them and stalking them. Um, but they opted to sit as far away from us as they possibly could. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's just like, it's, it's like every other week, um, with, with the spirit and, and weather delays. It, it's, it's bizarre. Um, but, uh, yeah, following this one, um, I, I think it's, you know, it, I, I, apparently I've never been out there. So I, my understanding is that you guys don't even really get like lightning. We don't. We'll get like a few small storms a year where it's, you know, like you hear a couple rumbles and that's it. Mm. Um, so this was like light up the whole sky um, every few seconds kind of lightning storm. So it was both, I saw both ends and Jacob yeah. saw both ends. One of people in this that decided to just stay in their seats going, ooh and ah, every time the <laughs> lightning flashed. Mm. And the other was I walked by these um, kids who were like crying and saying, I don't want to die. <laughs> so we got, we've got two extremes. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's why, I mean, we're, I'm pretty much like, it's supposed to be hot and humid tomorrow. Um, and I think there's a, solid chance of thunderstorms and it's just like yep summer's not going anywhere uh we're just it's stuck here um it's weird uh following some of the other games uh the chicago game it looked like it was um the weather i'm used to associating with like thanksgiving um it looked like it was already hitting chicago and i was like oh yeah they don't really have they have like a, a two-week window of summer yeah i was talking with uh Vlaco. Uh, about the match on Saturday and he said of the weather delay it reminded him of just being like in Kansas City because you know 
yeah, just like, uh, you know, a lot of us just don't get thunderstorms that bad or like with that uh, volume of uh, ferociousness. So he uh, was laughing about how it felt like he was back in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, Megan Rapino after the match, was talking about how, you know, she's been living in Seattle for, you know, the past uh, seven years now. And she had not, up, at, up until that point, had not seen a, you know, lightning strike. Uh, and then all of a sudden she gets, you know, <laughs> she gets uh, pretty much bang, 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 bang. Right. Yeah. So. But yeah, otherwise, um, I think Jason probably summed up pretty well how I felt on the other side is um, I, I was really looking at some of the numbers for the rain and they haven't scored two goals in a match since um, the end of June. So it was for a team fighting for a playoff spot refreshing to see them come out of the gate so early and and score three goals in the first 17 minutes um and if i were um on the other side i'd be a little bit worried about seeing them starting to click on on offense what's crazy Susie? with those three goals the rain still have, have a negative goal differential i know like wouldn't it be crazy if somehow they qualify for the playoffs with a negative goal differential I, I mean, this is NWSL. We have to prepare ourselves for crazy things to happen pretty much at every turn. True. But we don't get a, we don't get a break from the crazy. No. It's definitely true. So let us talk about uh, this Saturday smash between uh, Rain FC and your Washington Spirit, Jason. Uh, coming off of the dominating performance Rain FC had at Orlando, how, you know, how are you feeling about Saturday's match? Uh, it's it's hard to get a read because the Spirit haven't played since August 24th. Um, they had a bye week built in um, mm-hmm. for the the, the uh, last weekend. They were the one team that had off. Um, the weekend before that, they were supposed to play at Orlando. Oh, yeah. Which was already going to be weird because they had just played Orlando. They were going to do that, that NWSL back-to-back thing. <laughs> um, but then Hurricane Dorian threatened. And, and, you know, in years past, we've seen the league – be slow uh, to react to that sort of thing and let teams get all the way to where they're going and then say, oh, I guess we shouldn't play Um, this time. And maybe this is a a hopefully not just a one-off, but um, they saw the situation for what it was and said, okay, let's not, um, because the the day of the game, the 31st, wasn't the problem. Um, There might have been some rain, but it would have been very little. The problem would have been overnight, you know, the players finish playing, it's nine, 10 o'clock, you leave the stadium. Um, you have to go to sleep and then you wake up the next day, several hours later. And then that hurricane has had that eight hours, nine hours to come to land. Yeah. Um, and so they wouldn't have been able to get out. Um, Orlando's players wouldn't have been able to get out of the city and go wherever they were going to go if, if it, they had to get out of town. Um, and so the league got out ahead of it and said, you know, let's, instead of making the spirit fly all the way down there and then decide not to play, let's just postpone the thing now while we've got the chance. Um, but that has left them in an awkward position um, where it'll be almost uh, or actually exactly three weeks between games. Wow. Um, so, you know, on, on one hand, uh, I was at training on, on Monday uh, and Richie Burke did point out that for a few players that have been playing through injuries, um, players like uh, Tori Huster and Andy Sullivan have been playing with Knox for a little while now. He said the, the rest was pretty good. Um, the fact that they had, I think the players were even given a couple of days to just get out of town, um, no training or anything. So 
um, they got a little mental break from the grind of training. They got time to physically recuperate. Um, so on that side of it, it's probably pretty good. Um, you know, players like um, Mal Pugh uh, is healthier now. She got to play for the U.S. Um, during the international break and was training without any restrictions on Monday, which um, has been sort of back and forth. She's only actually played four games for the Spirit this year. Wow. Um, but, uh, you know, for those players, it's a plus. On the other side, they, after some decent performances that didn't get rewarded with a good result, they finally played well and got a win uh, in that game against Orlando. And then instead of being able to build on that, they've just had three weeks of training. Um, I think uh, now that I'm thinking about it, um, one of the things that they mentioned at training was that on this past Saturday, they actually played an 11-11 game with the players they had available in the stadium um, to sort of replicate the rhythm of game day just to get themselves back in the groove. Oh, okay. um, which is which is it's the best you can do in the situation they're in. Um, yeah. You know, unfortunately, they don't we don't have a situation in um, women's soccer just yet where you could like call up the USL equivalent and ask them to come by for a friendly. Mm -hmm. um, but they did what they could. Um, the players seem like they're in good spirits. It's definitely a weird situation, though. It's definitely a like, you know something I don't think a lot of the players have ever been through uh, in the middle of the season to just have three weeks where you don't have any games. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to get a read on um, how prepared they are because rain FC looked like they were going to, they, they have the capability now to start games extremely fast. Yeah. Um, and to come in against a team like that, when you are inadvertently undeniably going to be a little rusty is a, it's a tricky proposition. Um, I think that they, they're they're not worried, but they're definitely trying to do whatever they can to sort of mitigate that. To sort of you know, it's sort of a fake it till you make it thing. Maybe in the first ten minutes, where they have to um, sort of will themselves up to the speed of play, because when you have that much time off, you're you're going to be a little slower out of the gate. Yeah, yeah, that's a really really great point. I was thinking back to the um, spirit rain game that was at Cheney Stadium earlier this year and I just remember that first half the rain were just kind of terrifying um and and devastating the spirit with uh, their high press which they haven't really deployed as much recently because of the personnel the rain have but um I imagine they'll come out with a similar strategy and the spirit handled it really well in the second half so but you don't you certainly don't want the game to get away from you early what is, uh, Jason, your fear factor on the fact that Megan Rapino probably is going to be coming off the bench on Saturday? Who knows how many minutes she's going to get because this past Saturday she got about 20, 30 minutes, and that was um, pretty much the cap that she was going to have, you know, having not played a game in the past two months. But what's your, what's your personal fear factor in terms of knowing that, you know, Megan Rapino is going to be an option off the bench? Um, well, Rapino has a, a history against the spirit, um, of, of bringing some pretty bad news to the, to the spirit overall. Um, so that's not great. Um, uh, that from, from their perspective, I'm sure it's, it's a pretty significant, uh, worry. Mm -hmm. Um, because not only is she as talented as she is, she's also very different from the other players that, um, Vladko has called on the front line. You know, if you go from, Darian Jenkins being very fast, very direct. And then all of a sudden you switch that left wing up to have Rapino. Instead, it's a totally different type of player playing a totally different game. 
Mm -hmm. um, so that is definitely, it, it's a major test that I'm, I'm sure that they've been prepping for. Um, it, it, Huster is going to be the right back unless she has an injury in training in the next couple of days. Um, and, and she's seen a lot in her time and this is her first year playing right back um, full time. It wasn't, uh, that was actually not even part of the plan going into the season. It was a preseason uh, experiment uh, for like 20 minutes in one preseason game. They said, well, let's give it a shot just to see if it's an option. Um, and it looked good enough that they rolled with it for the first couple of games. And ever since then uh, she's just been starting. Um, so it's, it's a big challenge for her um, dealing with the, the, big shift uh, potentially coming in that last, you know, 30, 35 minutes, maybe. Um, on the other hand, um, you know, how sharp is, how, how much, you know, what percentage of the best of Rapino are we going to see? Because it's been so long that she's been able, hasn't been able to play. Um, <clears throat> in this last game, she came in, the game is a very weird scenario to come into. Um, yeah. uh, I think, I think I read the, there was an interview where she was talking about how because she didn't have to, she knew it was going to be only a late substitute appearance. Um, she didn't really have to focus during the break about like staying warm or staying loose or anything. Cause her warming up was all going to be in the future anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so that might've been a big positive for her that she could just um, stay relaxed. It's just, it just pushed things back for her, but it didn't really change what her job was for the night. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's sort of a, I don't know what to expect because I don't know what she's going to be able to do. Um, obviously there is the danger that you get the, the best of Megan Rapino all of a sudden playing against you in the last half hour of a game that the spirit have to win. Um, if the spirit lose this game, I don't see a way for them to get into the playoffs. I think it, it effectively would eliminate them. Um, so that's, that's a worrying thing, especially when you throw in that when, even when the spirit have played really well in games, it's been a while since they've been able to turn that into a bunch of goals. Um, this last game against Orlando, I thought they dominated the game for, for the first 60, 70 minutes, but they only found themselves up 2-1, um, and they ended up having to really sweat out those last 20 minutes. Um, Marta hit the crossbar. Aubrey Bledsoe had two great saves in the final, I don't know, I think it was the 88th minute where she had her first great save, and then um, had another one in stoppage time that Orlando thought might have even gotten over the goal line. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that's been kind of, that's one of the issues the Spirit have had is that um, they play really pretty soccer. Uh, they'll pile up possession. Um, they'll put together a lot of long attacking sequences. But then when you look back on the game and you, you think of how many major chances did they get, and a lot of times it's not quite as many as you would want. And then they're not quite as good doing something with those chances. Early in the season, they were great at putting those chances away. That's how they got that um, off to that hot start where they were in first place for a while. And it was mostly that I think they were creating the same number of chances. The games felt broadly the same as they do now. The difference was that at that stage of the year, they were really hot in terms of finishing and they were scoring a bunch of set piece goals um, that have kind of dried up in the last couple of months. So um, if it's a tight game, if we're talking one, nothing or two, one and Megan Rapido comes in for half an hour that's not great for the spirit. Um, I think I think they might need to find their way to have a, a second goal cushion to make sure they get through that because, it, you know, it's not news to anybody that Megan Rapino can turn a game with one play. If you give her one set piece, you might end up giving up a goal right away. So um, it's, a, it's something they should be worried about. Um, and it's not just the defensive side. I think they also have to 
do a better job going forward to give themselves a chance to survive that without having to um, be terrified every single time she gets on the ball. Do you think Washington's attack will be, I guess, um, do you think they see an advantage knowing that uh, Lauren Barnes will not be playing in this game because she, uh, because of a yellow card accumulation? I would think so. Yeah. Um, you know, Barnes is a hard player to replace. She's so experienced. Um, she's the team captain. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that stuff really matters, especially when, you know, black Coast teams are always so organized. So having someone that's the leader in the back, uh, all of a sudden out of the equation, um, that, that, I think that is a major difference. Um, I'm, I'm eager to see who he picks to replace her because normally we don't see who replaces Lauren Barnes. She just, she's starting. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm eager to see that. Um, uh, but I do think um, I, I didn't actually ask the, I, the press or the press availability. It had been a while since we'd gotten to talk to anyone from the spirit because of the break in games. So um, it, there was a lot of catching up on what's going on with them. But uh, mm-hmm. if I had to, if I had a second chance to go back and ask them about this aspect of it, um, I'm sure that they are probably thinking like, this is a, a, a piece of positive news for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's not like this isn't a situation where you would expect um, rain FC to just fall apart because one player is missing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're not, I mean, the number of times they've had a player missing this year and they've still managed to uh, get the job done is it's the tail of their entire season. So mm-hmm. um this is a team that I would, I would expect them to be ready to deal without. Um, but at the same time, there's no denying that um, Barnes is a starter for a reason. And it is a, a more vulnerable opponent um, when the spirit are going forward. And, and maybe um, that experience, cause the spirit, uh, they tend to be very patient in the attack. And so they're trying to draw people out of position. They're trying to sort of trick defenders to step up at the wrong moment and then play in behind or, um, shift everybody towards one side of the field and then quickly bring it out of that space. Um, so that management of space and wh- where the openings are, um, experienced players tend to be better at that. And maybe that might play in their favor. The fact that um, you might have a player that doesn't have Barnes's experience in that spot, trying to manage the same questions that the spirit tend to ask. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it, it should be a plus, but I don't know if they're – I wouldn't expect them to be too overconfident about it because, like I said, um, uh, when, when you look at uh, Rain FC lineups across the season, it's just like, oh, she was missing. Oh, they're missing, like, these five players this mm-hmm. one game. Um, and yet they're still piecing together not just the result, but, like, good performances. They're not getting lucky a lot of these games. It's They're still getting the job done in the way that they wanted to get the job done. Susie, who do you think uh, slots into Lauren Barnes's spot on Saturday? I think we'll see Celia Jimenez Delgado, but um, she hasn't she hasn't been asked to play there for a while, but got got minutes there at the start of the season and in preseason. Mm-hmm. So, and knowing some of the other options, they may not be ninety minutes ready. So that's my best guess. Yeah, it is fascinating though that with uh, Lauren Barnes missing that game it now stands that Megan Oyster is going to be the only player that has played in every single uh, game this season for Reign FC. And one of the many former spirit players. Yeah. Over there. We, I know. We don't need to talk about those sad memories. I mean, we can, but if <laughs> we'd rather not. You know, I'm actually curious, Jason, for any of our um, 
listeners who maybe haven't followed the spirit as much this year, this is a team that looks on the field um, just in terms of style play a lot different than the last few years of the spirit and um, has really stepped up into that possession style of play. Um, also a really young team still. So mm. it's impressive that they, that they're able to make that adaption so quickly. Um, who are some of the young players that folks should be looking out for? Um, I, I think I would start with uh, Sam Staub. Um, I know we're, we're it's, this has been a good year to uh, talk about rookie of the year um, because we've got many more options than we've had in, mm-hmm. in a few past seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if, if you're talking about rookie of the year and you're leaving her out of the discussion, then you've made a mistake. Um, I think she's been pretty much, she had one bad game uh, at Orlando back in early July. Uh, but other than that, She's been one of the best players on the team. Um, just a, a really smart player. She seems to um, figure things out on the fly very well. Um, so she's very, she goes about her business in a very composed way. Um, when you, you initially watch her start to play, you think, okay, this is someone who's hyper-athletic and is going to rely on her speed and her physical strength to get the job done. But usually that's not really the case. It, it's that she thinks the game really well. She's really good with her feet. Um, her distribution over long distance is really important for the spirit. Um, I'm sure um, the uh, Rain FC coaching staff already has uh, been working on a, a plan to mitigate that because that's an extremely dangerous weapon for the spirit that, that usually catches teams off guard. Mm-hmm. Um, her ability to, to put wingers or, or forwards in on goal um, from, from what looks like a no, no dangerous situation is pretty remarkable. Um, her set piece delivery has been when, when she's gotten the chance has been pretty good. It's it, that's been sort of a, a bit of an odd thing. I, I know folks that followed her in college were saying that she was going to be, you know, one of the best set piece takers in the league, but the spirit have only used her some of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the time they've gone with other players to take free kicks from different angles. Um, but her left foot is definitely um definitely a threat in a a few different phases she's also got a really good long throw in um yeah she has a technique with it that's different from most players it's almost like a um like a handball technique rather than um the the more typical you know the player has both hands on the ball the whole time she sort of starts with it low and like in in one hand only and sort of like scoops it up and at the last second brings her other hand to throw it um but she can it's ridiculous how far she can throw the ball um uh, from from these uh, long throw-ins, and the spirit have been getting better at turning those into chances too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I would start any any young player discussion with the team. It, it's got to be her. She just played for the um, U23s in the Nordic Cup. Um, I believe she started all three games. Um, I probably should have that off the top of my head, but I don't. Um, but yeah, she's been great uh, all year long. Um, Jordan DiBiase has been, um, really important as well. She, she was the leading scorer on the team for a little while there. Um, Ashley Hatch just pushed back in front of her again. Um, but yeah, she, she's been great as a, as a number 10. Um, you know, she's a really clever player. She doesn't create a ton of scoring chances, but it always seems like when the spirit are possessing the ball for a long while, if, if their attacks find their way to her feet, they tend to be better quality attacks. So it might not be her getting the key pass that leads to a goal or her getting the assist. Um, but it tends to be that they end up opening up more space for themselves when they find her 
Um, and she's got some freedom to roam. So she's not just going to stay under – if they play the um, diamond midfield again, she's not just going to stay right up under the forward. She's going to drift. The forwards themselves will drift. Some, sometimes you'll see Hatch go out wide, and DiBiase will actually push up as the highest member of the attack. So there's a lot of um, fluidity there. And that's a challenging thing to hand a rookie and say, okay, um, not only are we making you um, the most attacking member of our midfield, this is a team with Rose Lavelle, remember, um, mm-hmm. but they, they've allowed DiBiase to have the point of the diamond and they've allowed her a lot of positional freedom to, to roam around and, and find the game where she wants to. Um, and, and she's been really good as well. Um, but yeah, it, it's sort of across the board. You know, they've gotten – really valuable contributions from Dorian Bailey, who has only, I, I think she's played in all but two games this year. Um, she hasn't started all of them, but she's always getting into the game. Um, she can play anywhere in the midfield. She can play right back or left back. Um, she played left back in the last game against uh, Orlando, for example. Um, yeah, she's been kind of a utility knife, but in, in a really good way. Mm-hmm. Um, really smart all around player. Um, can, can, she can fill all those roles because she's good at everything. Like she might not be, she might not have one thing that she's spectacular at, but she doesn't have anything she's bad at either. Um, she's one of, one of those types of players. Um, and I guess, I, I mean, I'll, I guess I'll, I'll mention all of their uh, draft picks this year. Um, uh, Bailey Feist has been, she's a really interesting player because she is super high energy and she brings an element that maybe the rest of the team doesn't have. Um, she's a little more aggressive. She's got a little more bite to her game. Um, but it's not just that she's a hardworking midfielder type. She is pretty crafty going forward and in the box. Um, the uh, One of the Spirits players, um, Megan Crossan, did a video for uh, NBC Sports Washington, and, and they were they asked who her most creative teammate was. And out of all the players in the Spirit, she said uh, Bailey Feist because of the kind of goals that she scores in training. A lot of um, apparently a lot of back heel flicks and attempts to like uh, lift the ball with her heel up and over goalkeepers. Not not like the little through the legs kind of thing, but like chipping them with a back heel, that kind of thing. Mm. So she, she's, she's a crafty player too. She's not just a worker bee. She's really added some things. She, she was unlucky not to score um, against Orlando coming off the bench um, um, a little while back. So um, she's been good. Uh, she also kind of got into it with Claire Emsley at the end of the game, um, which was kind of a, kind of a, an amusing little, mo- you know, Emsley was not happy. She was not amused. Um, and I think the referee kind of saw through it, uh, but she's definitely, she's a probably an irritating player to play against. Uh, but she's also, you know, it's not just that she's, you know, needling people and, and making them unhappy. It's also that she can play. She's been good uh, in a few different positions too. That's awesome. Thank you. And I, there's so many names that you could you could mention along the the line and the one we haven't really talked about is really the player who helps switch the switch the field and um and has been so instrumental but that's Andy Sullivan Mm -hmm. um do you think out of all the players in the league she might have been the one that made the best case for herself when during the world cup break uh I I think she's right up there with with Kristen Hamilton Um, yeah she's been, she's been really, really special this year. Um, not just in terms of lifting her play, um, but her leadership of the group, um, her ability to handle a few different roles. It's, it's, um, at the start of the season, they wanted to play her at the base of a midfield trio. Um, 
but some of the times they've they've kind of moved the pieces around based on what they need. Um, when Burke wants to attack more, he'll usually drop Maggie Doherty Howard into that spot and let Sullivan play a little higher. Um, but, you know, he's been willing to move her around. Um, there were a couple games where, um, I want to say against Sky Blue, where they were worried about Imani Dorsey on, on the left. And so they made sure to play Sullivan on the right side of the diamond so that she was closer to help defend that flank a little more securely. Um, there have been games where they've been worried about the opposing number 10, and all of a sudden you see Sullivan in that spot instead. Um, she had to play center back. Um, when Paige Nielsen got sent off um, at North Carolina, she Sullivan dropped back because they didn't want to burn a sub just yet. It was early in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then against Chicago, uh, they gave Sullivan the nod uh, at center back. And it wasn't um, – the Spirit lost that game, but it wasn't Sullivan's fault that they lost. Um, so she's been able to fill a few different roles. Um, you can tell uh, that she's much happier this year. I think she's much more clear on her role um, within what the, what the team wants, what the coaching staff wants. Um, and I think that has been a major, a major difference. It's something that last year the team was bad in part because it seemed like a lot of times the players didn't quite know what they were supposed to be doing. Um, but this year that hasn't been a problem, it seems like everyone goes into every game with a clear picture of what their job is for the day, um, both on a macro level and also the very, you know, the minute details that can change games. Um, And I think maybe no one on the team has benefited more from that than Sullivan. She's been um, having a great year. I, I, she's got that curse of being a defensive midfielder. So people tend to overlook you a little bit uh, Mm -hmm. in that spot because it's all it's, you know, unless you score a great goal and she does have a couple um, both of her goals this year have been, have been really, really good goals. But um, most of the time when she's played really well, it's one of those things where it's all little things. And so you don't have something to point to and say, um, you know, Andy Sullivan did this and that's why you should recognize her. It's more like, well, um, you know, 17 times in this game, Andy Sullivan closed space and prevented a pass from getting through an open gap in the defense briefly. And the other team didn't even lose the ball, but at least they didn't give up a goal. It's all that little stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's been great in that regard all season long. And um, I, I think, I think she maybe understands the moment uh, for the spirit right now, how um, it's a big moment for them, but it's also, they're, they're excited that they have a big moment because after last year, they didn't have any big moments. Um, so they're glad to be in a situation where um, there is some pressure uh, that they, they have a chance to make a run at this, but they have to start winning um they had to start winning in their last game, but they've got to win this game. They've got to perform in front of a big crowd. Um, they've got to do all that stuff. And I think um, she, her leadership, uh, her and um, Houston and Aubrey Bledsoe are sort of the team leaders. I, I think the coaching staff even sees them as co-captains, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, th- that group is definitely, um, has been big on embracing the fact that they actually have something to play for this year, which comes with pressure. Last year, at this time of the season, it was already a lost cause and had been for quite a while. So um, yeah, it's, it's, I think the spirits turnaround on the field can kind of be summed up by Sullivan's turnaround as a player, because this is the player that she was supposed to be coming out of college. And last year, it just, it never, you know, mostly due, I think to how the team was coached. Um, It just never took off last year and, and, you know, no one had any confidence. And now, um, she's very confident. The whole group is very confident and it, it manifests itself in much better soccer. You mentioned a big crowd for Saturday's game. 
uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but this will be the second game at Audi Field. A second game this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. The it'll be weird because it'll be their their last two games. Um, once this one ends, it'll be two games in a row at Audi Field mm. because of the the break in games. Oh yeah. Um, it's just uh, when I left um, after the Orlando game, I was saying goodbye to the, the spirit staffers who were working. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll see you guys at the next game. And then I realized, I was like, oh, I guess I'll see you here next time. <laughs> um, because uh, I wasn't sure if there was going to be training availability. So I, I didn't know if I was going to see them until I was back in Audi Field again. Um, but yeah, it, this is the second one. And it sounds like um, having the first one uh, have such a, a huge number for the team. Um, it doesn't seem like the excitement for that has diminished in the area. Um, the team went out and bought uh, 15,000 towels or, or had a sponsor provide 15,000 towels. I think it's Geico doing that. Mm -hmm. um, but you don't, you can't talk a company into printing up 15,000 towels unless you expect to hand them all out. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a really good indicator for them that they, it's not just going to be a situation where they have one huge attendance and then everyone's like, Oh, well, I did that already. I'm not going back. Um, the impression that they left on people in that first game was really, really good. Um, a lot of people who had never been uh, to see the spirit ever uh, were talking about how much fun they had. Um, people who hadn't, for whatever reason, haven't been to Audi field yet for DC United were also like, well, this was really awesome. I'm going to come back when they, when they play here again, I'm going to come back. So um, I think they did about as good of a job as they could have uh, making sure that, it wasn't just one great night and then back to normal. Um, and I, I think it's a point from ownership. Um, after the game, um, the new majority owner, Steve Baldwin, was talking about how um, they, don't, they don't want any of this to be one good year of progress and then back to normal um, and drifting along again. They want this to just be the first step in a process of, of building up the spirit as a whole. And um, it's, kind of, it's kind of wild because the spirit used to be one of those teams that you would think is – on the more conservative side of the NWSL ownership, when they talk about how much can we advance the league, how quickly can we uh, push things and grow everything mm -hmm. um, up until this year, the spirit would have been one of those teams, you know, saying, well, let's, let's go slow. Um, let's take our time with this. Um, under Steve Baldwin, it seems like they've almost moved to the other side of the table completely. It seems like um, he wants the league to be bigger. He wants the spirit to be bigger. Um, the team has hired they, they have new hires that weren't that these jobs just didn't exist last year um and these are important people at the club now um and they're all in positions that had to be created because the spirit were such a small club and it's just they've they've really accelerated how quickly they're doing everything and how much of an imprint they have in the area um and this game it really reflects that the the fact that it's not just going to be one big attendance and then one where it, the number is significantly lower. Um, yeah. I think there was something, there was a little bit of a worry that, you know, last year when they played Portland at Audi field, they had just under 8,000 and that was a good attendance given that the team was absolutely dreadful mm -hmm. um, at the time. But, you know, there was a little bit of a worry when they said they were going to do two. It was like, okay, the first game after the world cup, that's not a problem. That game sells itself. Um, but if you can get the second game, to also have a high attendance level, then you might have, you might be on to something. You might not um, have to treat this as a one once per year kind of thing. It can become something that happens more often. Mm -hmm. um, and, and last year uh, with just Bill Lynch, I don't think they would have, I think they would have done two again, but it would have been 
well, we'll get what we get. Um, the investment in the team off the field uh, would have made it hard to sell that many tickets um, to, to get the job done. We, we know from some of the stuff that other um, has gone into other um, big games, big attendances that um, it doesn't just happen on its own. It's work. Um, it takes a ton from the club uh, off the field to make this happen. And the fact that they're doing it again in short order um, is, is really promising um, for, for the future of the Washington spirit. It really means a lot that um, they're not just going to coast on the one big game that it's actually like, okay, we did it once. Now we can do it again. Right. Yeah. Um, that's a big shift in attitude from, from the organization as a whole. Yeah. And it translates into uh, fun things for you to witness and for you to cover in terms of, you know, crowd atmosphere, crowd attendance and just seeing you know once again like we've we've all you know talked about it with you know amongst ourselves and other people like the everything after this world cup seems a lot more sustainable like it isn't just this one and done like okay you know i've i went to the game after the world cup and i've done my part you know you we've, right we've seen people attend nwsl games after the world cup and they're like okay this is a lot of fun i want to come back to more for more season i've experienced this as well with people coming into cheney stadium um after the World Cup, and obviously there's been the specter of, you know, when is Megan Rapinoe going to play? And then, you know, fortunately for uh, the fraction of the 6,000 people in attendance for last Saturday's game that hung around, they finally did get to see her. Mm -hmm. And then it's going to be, uh, we're just really optimistic as to what the remaining home matches are going to be for Reign FC in terms of attendance because their regular season home finale is going to be against Portland Thorns, and that's going to be the on ESPN two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of a big deal. So, time for the reason you're here. Today, mm -hmm. I'm ready. I'm ready. The hard stuff. The hard stuff. Susie, you want to start off? I'm going to just start off with the most controversial question we ask, Jason. Mm -hmm. Where do you stand on the biggest debate in this country? Does pineapple belong on pizza? Uh, I am. T I, I guess I, I tend towards a. Um, if that's what you want to do, go ahead. Um, if someone, if I was at an occasion and people are like, "There's pizza," first of all, um, if someone's offering me free food, I'm already very, very interested. Um, <laughs> I'm already like, okay, this, I'm into this. And if I went back there and the pizza available was a pizza with pineapple. I would probably have maybe like a, a lower number of slices than I normally would, but I'm still going to probably eat it. Um, I like pineapple a lot. Um, it's one of my favorites. Um, I actually almost made a pineapple. This almost ended up not being grapefruit at all. It almost ended up being pineapple drink uh, tonight. Um, <laughs> but do I, do I put it on my pizzas? I don't. But if, again, if I was offered, um, a Hawaiian style pizza or even just a pizza with just pineapple and leaving off the other stuff that makes it Hawaiian. Um, I would probably still have a, a slice or two if I was hungry. So I'm not against it to the point that I get angry. I know some <laughs> people get very angry. Um, but uh, is it something I do left to my own devices? No, not really. But so we're going to put you as pro because you just say you don't get angry about it. You're not like sure. JC Johnson. That's fair. That's fair. Um, she did scream in reaction to that question. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I think I recall this, that, uh, that there are people who are against, and then J.C. Johnson was another level. Yeah. Yep. 
she was another level to where we almost missed Shea Groom's answer about it. Wait, wait, how did she feel? Well, she uh, in the background of JC's uh, ranting, she basically <laughs> said, uh, "Well, I'm not a fan of it. I, you know, I'm not a fan of it, but I'm not as passionate about it as you are." Okay. <laughs> um, if a movie was going to be made about your life, Jason, who would you want to play you? Uh, Kurt Russell. Not because Kurt Russell is similar to me, but because I just want Kurt Russell to be in more movies. Um, and so this is more about getting Kurt Russell uh, a role. Uh, is, is really That would be my requirement. It would be, yes, Kurt Russell. And people would say, Jason, you're in your mid-30s. Kurt Russell is approaching 70. Um, this doesn't make any sense. He doesn't look like you. And I would say, I don't care. Kurt Russell. Yeah. Um, assu- assuming... If someone wants to make a movie about my life, um, I'm not going to have too many requirements, but that is definitely a like a walk away over this uh, requirement. <laughs> Guys, you can tell the studio, hey, they already uh, did the computer aging treatment on Kurt Russell, so why couldn't they do it again for you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, th- there's all kinds of different things that, and tricks that they can do to make this passable. Um, why not just get on with it and, and make the movie with Kurt Russell? <laughs> All right. Um, let's say the Washington Spirit asks you to curate uh, the match day playlist for them. What three songs are on that playlist? Only get three. Yes. Um, uh, that's tough. Um, I think uh, based on the fact that I have kind of, I've kind of had a running joke with the other people in the press box and at the Plex, this also means um, the person who puts the music on also overhears this. Um, but, uh, essentially my comment has always been, um, you guys should play some Robin. Um, so it would probably be three songs by Robin because I've kind of, um, built up the whole thing that, uh, they should play more Robin at the soccer plex. And I, I have to follow through if I've talked it up so much, I've got to follow it through. Um, but in the interest of time, uh, rather than me try and figure out which three Robin songs I'm, I'm scrolling through my phone trying to find um, uh, the next three Robin songs on the shuffle playlist of all the music on my phone are uh, Dancing on My Own, uh, You Should Know Better, which they probably wouldn't play because uh, it's definitely not a family-friendly song. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I guess if you're putting me in charge, I'm going to go for it anyway and then get in trouble later. Um, <laughs> and now I'm having... I, of course, I scroll and there's two immediately and now it's like a long... Um, I'll say um, uh, "Missing You" from the from the newest album. Um, I'll, I'll go with that rather than try and talk while scrolling through hundreds of songs. I like it. All right, I have one more question for you, and this is actually one we asked last year, mm-hmm. but I'm bringing it back. If you had a genie show up and say, "I can change one part of your soccer game for the rest of your life," what would you choose? the ability to connect every pass no matter the distance or the ability to slide tackle and never get called for a foul um i was always uh much more of i never really slide tackled much at all um mostly because i'm very slow and so it was usually if if it were if things were to the point where i might slide tackle i was probably not going to get there in time and would just end up taking the person out so it is tempting to just be able to go in on every slide tackle and somehow not get in trouble for it. Um, 
but I feel like what I would want is is to be able to complete every pass. I think that would be like just the most fun thing in the world um, to go out there and know that um, every single time I attempted to pass the ball to somebody, it would get there. Um, that would be pretty cool because then you could start being um, more ambitious with your, your passing selection and all of a sudden uh, you're not maybe playing in a uh, kick around in the park. Um, it, <laughs> even at Even at my age, someone might be like, so you can't miss any passes? I'm like, no, not literally none. I can't possibly miss. Uh, at which point, maybe um, I don't even have to be good enough at everything else to be uh, able to play at a higher level. That would be pretty fun. So I'm gonna you go just, with, uh, I'm gonna go with complete every pass. Yeah, you could just stand there and yeah, fill the field, and get yeah. the ball, turn, pass, done. Yeah, open the open the game up, and and uh, I wouldn't be the most popular player, but there would be like a subset of people who are like like slavishly devoted to to the this idea of me much like every other deep line playmaker um so that 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 would be pretty fun i think so basically you would take that skill and basically generate your own uh army of stands that's where it's all been going um, <laughs> for me is eventually that's that's the the payoff for everything i've done is a uh, an army of stands to defend me online and to make memes out of me speaking of online do you have an update on uh, the NWSL most online player race for this season? Um, well, at the time of the World Cup final, um, people may recall that Rose Lavelle scored her goal in the World Cup final in the 69th minute. Yes, um, it was which nice. I felt I felt like it, it was almost impossibly uh, online um, <laughs> uh, as a moment. Um, I do think if you look at the course of the year, um, it, it's another battle of the favorites. It, it's definitely. Um, Sonnet and Lavelle, I think, have to be the, the front runners. Um, I will say that um, Sonnet recently did some incredible work um, in, in getting sent off, but still did some incredible work in reacting to Amy Rodriguez. Mm -hmm. um, easily, easily the meme of the year, which would mean that the second year in a row she's done it, because last year she was her um, getting um, punched in the face uh, by two fists. Um, yes. But she, she somehow managed to do that as well. So, um, in terms of just being a walking meme, um, that's Emily Sonnet. But I, I do wonder, you know, it's, it's one of those quality versus quantity things. Um, Lavelle maybe hasn't been as online um, this year as last year, but when she has been online, it's been pretty spectacular. Um, somehow it turned out in the real world that there was another Rose Lavelle who was close enough to the area to come to multiple spirit games. Um, so Rose Lavelle met Rose Lavelle, actually um, did the walkout for the second game with uh, little Rose Lavelle, um, which is the kind of thing that doesn't happen uh, very often. It's, it's a pretty awesome uh, situation. So yeah, I think it's down to them at this point. Um, we're, we're pretty late in the season. So um, uh, other players that have been prominent in this regard, like Katie Stengel or Midge Purse, mm -hmm. um, uh, they're probably gonna be a little ways off um, uh, of the pace that has been set this year. Uh, by by Sonnet and Lavelle, but uh, yeah, I hope that we've still got time to see someone else, you know, jump up into that tier. Um, I don't know; I can't even wrap my head around what that would take at yeah. this point. But um, I I would love to see it. Uh, love to see someone that we haven't really been thinking of suddenly become just as online. Um, that would be that would be pretty spectacular. Yeah, this is a race that totally would have some uh, a contender just come out of left field and just right it, out it of only nowhere. Takes it only takes one great post. Yes. Um, 
before we let you go, Jason, is there anything you would like to say or plug or do a shout out to friends, family, anything? Um, I, you can find all the, the stuff that we write about, uh, about the spirit uh, on uh, Black and Red United. Um, the Twitter account is Black and Red U. Um, I guess we hit a character limit um, when we created it. It's so long ago, <laughs> I don't remember. Um, uh, I will be in the press box uh, on on Saturday, surrounded by spiders. We have a spider. <laughs> Bro, we haven't even talked about the, oh, spider. the spiders. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a weird uh, month with me and the various uh, small creatures. Um, I guess last month um, for a DC United game, there were suddenly many spiders in the press box. Um, I was told by the team that they were going to send someone through to clean out all the webs and sort of get any spiders that they saw out of there. Um, when the spirit hosted Orlando, the problem was lower, but it was still, it was not zero spiders. It was fewer, but, but still some spiders. Um, and I thought, okay, maybe they'll, they'll come through again and they'll make some progress. Um, and then at the last DC game, there was just as many spiders as the first time there, there were spiders. Um, there were also big spider webs uh, on the on the backside of the stadium. There was a um, a bike valet sign that has uh, lights focused on a couple um, poles hanging down on the thing that says bike valet. And spiders have built up their webs around those lights to capture the various moths and whatnot that fly around those lights. So um, huge spotlighted spider webs on the back of the stadium. Um, I, I went on vacation, got bit up by a bunch of uh, sand fleas, and then finally stopped itching from that. And on Monday, I went to Spirit, uh, the training session, and when we were talking to um, Lavelle specifically, um, a swarm of, of different kind of gnats uh, descended upon us. Um, in that swarm was also a wasp, uh, which uh, I, I spotted at the end. I was like, oh, one of those is a wasp. We should probably move. And then someone was like, no, 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 they're just gnats. I was like, no, no, no. One of them is definitely a wasp uh, flying amongst us. It's not great. Um, I got stung in the back while driving uh, home uh, in the middle of all this as well. Uh, a wasp like was on the driver's seat of my car and I leaned back into it and didn't realize it was there and got stung in the back. So um, yeah, spiders, gnats, fleas, wasps. Um, that's become part of my life now. Uh, just a daily thing, I guess. Um, yeah, I'll be I'll be in the press box dealing with the uh, spiders for for Black and Red United. Um, and if you want to listen to a women's soccer podcast that doesn't ever talk about soccer, um, you can always listen to Furcast. Uh, we don't have a schedule, so we put out our uh, episodes when we can, and if the inspiration strikes us. Um, but yeah, Furcast uh, at Furcast, um, we we post. We haven't posted any content in a while. Maybe that's something we need to get back to. But uh, when when wild things happen in the league, uh, when when you have Emily Sonnet uh, doing something strange, uh, invariably, uh, that's where Furtcast comes in. That's that's where our time to shine. It's it's the recording signal whenever she posts something, basically. Yeah, every, everyone just immediately realizes that oh, it's time to get together and and do another show because. Uh, uh, Sonnet, Sonnet may have done a, a post, uh, but in real life, instead of online, it's, it's a, as if online has become real. Yeah. Have you considered that you might be living out an episode of Good Omens, Jason? <laughs> <laughs> With all of the bugs and uh, things that can uh, pretty much disrupt your day? Yeah, I, I guess I could be. Um, 
which again, you know, if I am on a TV show or in a movie, um, they should be casting Kurt Russell anytime now. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to stick to that. They, they really should. Uh, I don't want him to be stung by wasps and, and bit by gnats, but I mean, that, that, apparently that is the story of my life now. <laughs> All right. Well, Jason, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us. Uh, thanks yeah, thank you, Jason. Uh, I'm glad to be on. Uh, anytime you guys want me back, just let me know.